hey, the uh, the honorary awards for the the 2023 have been oh, announced. That's right. Okay. So, oh yeah. So we got four Academy Awards being handed out to some amazing artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll start with the big name, the marquee. Mm-hmm. Angela Bassett is getting an is getting an honorary Academy Award because they failed to give her a competitive one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Jamie Lee Curtis and I love that performance, and I think people turned on Jamie Lee Curtis in the wrong way after she won it, and that's bullshit. But Angela Bassett should have won that award. Yeah, <laughs> it feels it feels very odd to give her an honorary award, like. I mean, it feels like an uh, apology, but like an insincere win or something. It's yeah, just, almost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it. Hopefully she can win a competitive one very soon. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully they give her the opportunities to win in a competitive one. Right. It's, yeah. Hollywood is what it is. Yeah. But uh, I'm very excited that she's at least getting something and mm-hmm. upset that they don't give these things away on the telecast anymore. They'll do the governor's ball and we'll see clips of it. But yeah. um, Angela Bassett deserves to be walking that stage with everybody else. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Uh, also winning uh honorary award is someone who does have a competitive award, has so many competitive awards. He's an EGOT winner. Mel Brooks. Yeah. I am surprised it took that fucking long. I mean, he won an Academy Award in 1969. We will be covering that movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I finally got to watch the first uh, few episodes of History of the World Part 2. You know, I need to jump back on that. Yeah, I need to finish it up. But I fucking love Nick Kroll. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's wonderful. I like uh, Ike Bernholtz, too. And of course, Juan Sykes. Juan Sykes can do no wrong. Yeah. But I'm... Very excited for Mel Brooks. Like, hmm. it would have been nice if he and Carl Weiner could have gotten uh, honorary awards in the same year. Yeah, before he passed. Yeah. So hopefully we can get Mel Brooks at the governor's ball so that we can get a speech from him. I'm not trying to jinx anything. I apologize. Right. What? Uh, Leanne just said I killed the Pope. I was about to say Paul killed the Pope. <laughs> I killed the Pope. Hey. <laughs> uh, Doing God's work. <laughs> this isn't even the Pope I wanted to kill. I wanted to kill that last one, the Nazi Pope. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, Mel Brooks, Angela Bassett, grabbing the honorary awards along with Carol Littleton, the editor. Oh. Edited such great films as E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Places in the Heart, Big Chill, and the other example they put on here is the 2004 Manchurian Candidate remake, directed by Jonathan Demme. Okay. Which uh, yeah. I haven't seen since the theater when I worked there. So I need to give that film another shake. But mm. I think I was a little too in the original's uh, better. I haven't seen the uh, the remake either, but I only saw the the original in the past couple of years for the first time, thanks to the podcast. Yeah, I love that film. It is great. It, of course, has its issues, but... Mm. Yeah. yeah. It has. It uh, also has a mommy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, so, apparently, uh, Littleton also served as one of 
the Academy's Board of Governors for the Film Editors Branch, President and Vice President of the Motion Picture Editors Guild. Ooh. So she is. She has got some clout. So I'm glad that we're giving her one. Uh, and our final award that we are giving out is the Gene Herschelt Humanitarian Award, which is going to be going to Michelle Satter. And Michelle Satter's founding senior director of the Sundance Institute's Artist Programs, which focuses on the cultural impact of supporting independent storytellers. Nice. So she's been she's been at that for about 40 years. And uh, uh, she led Sundance Institute's international initiatives in Asia, Europe, India, Latin America, and the Middle East, in addition to being a founder and overseeing Sundance Collab a global digital storytelling community and learning platform. So she is receiving the humanitarian award for her efforts. All right. Nice. Good. There we go. Those are our honorary awards, which I will probably be recapping uh, in March. All right. Well, you guys want to talk about a movie? Let's. beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm jonathan pierce and i'm zach mccoy and we are your oscar grouches welcome back to the oscar Rusty podcast show where we discuss oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong and what film are we watching this week zach this week we are watching marie louise it's the story of a young french girl who is evacuated to switzerland during the nazi invasion of france and the challenges that follow her Excellent. And is this everybody's first time seeing Marie-Louise? Yes. Yes. Yes, as well. Oscar firsties. Uh, Oscar firsties. Uh, I'm glad we got a firsties on our on our return from hiatus. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but we also have an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. So, Marie. Oh, uh, oh I'm sorry. Is it the same as it was a couple weeks ago? No, this is before. Never mind. Never what? Never mind. It's Are a four, 44 film, but it's not. It wasn't on. But it's. But it's a. But it's a foreign film, so right. we probably didn't. It probably didn't get an American release in until, any sort until yeah. 45. You are correct. So there we are, because I will let you know right now. I did not find a lot of information on this movie. <laughs> Me <No>. either. <laughs> so. Uh, best original screenplay goes to Marie Hyphen Louise giving Richard Schweitzer an Academy Award. This is the first foreign language feature to win this award. Mm. It is the first, won't be the last, as Minor Threat once said. <laughs> uh, it beats out Dillinger, Music for Millions, Salty O'Rourke, and What Next, Corporal Hargrove? <laughs> What next? Um, and that's it. That's the that's the Oscar breakdown. One hundred percent film. Nice. All right. <laughs> well done. <coughs> All right. Well, let's talk about this movie. Let's. So, um, Zach, go ahead. I was just gonna say, as as Paul said, there's not much information at all, hardly, 
beyond a synopsis and a cast list, really, you know, um, and crew and stuff. Uh, yeah, it was released in February of 1944 in Switzerland, which is, you know, during wartime. Then it didn't make it to America until November of 45, so post-war. So it's kind of fu- interesting to think about how this movie was viewed when it mm-hmm. originally came out versus a year and a half later. Yeah. So that I was just going to say that. Jonathan, you can go ahead yeah. with your... Um, I'm trying to decide if I liked this movie. I thought it was a really good movie that a lot didn't happen in. I'm going to try to explain myself here. It wasn't, it kept my attention, especially for a foreign film, like especially a foreign language film that was multiple languages. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was really surprised at how well I stuck to it. Um, but it, it really was for the most part, like kid leaves France to go on a three month hiatus. They talk about how they should like help more kids. Mm. Kid goes back and in the middle of kid died. Like <laughs> that was, that was the most action that you get outside of the actual like bombing scenes. Um, I'm not saying it needs to be an action right. film, but I'm saying it it just doesn't seem like a lot happened. Like I feel like I I this movie can be summed up in the matter of two to three sentences. Um but that being said, um I still enjoyed it. I still liked it. I, I thought yeah. uh everybody was great. Um I find I have difficulty as a person, as a filthy casual, being able to see how well somebody is acting when they are speaking a different language um, just because of, you know, how things are spoken and how, you know, the inflections and things like that. So I felt what I saw was really good outside of old dude being a little creepy, like a little touchy, but I don't think that wasn't, there was an intention of that. It's just kind of me reflecting that off of it. Like that was, that was a hundred percent me. I was gonna say I'm uh, I'm I'm trying not to interrupt you, but yeah. I'm definitely gonna step and say I think he was just being affectionate. Yeah, I agree. And he had daughters, so there was a familiarity. Yes, and I think taken through a modern prism is the only way to misconstrue that. And, and that's the thing. I don't think I was misconstruing. It just kind of like, really, I think it's the affection came very quickly, and. Because you're the daughters are very much like, oh, dad's going to be mad, but we should be able to talk him into it. And then he seems like he was pretty upset at first, but it was for like a fleeting moment, like the way he said, eat eat your dinner. And then like the next scene, it's like this little girl is everything now. I don't I don't think he was ever mad that she was in his house. I think he was mad that nobody told him because yeah, when. He brings her to the table. He's like, let me, let's bring out that child that's been in my house since last night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, like you said, I think it was more of that modern scope that just kind of got through there. And it could also be a European thing, but at the same time, it's none of those. It, it's it, like you said, it was affection. I recognize it as affection. It's just not something I guess I have ever seen personally. So yeah being misconstruing it in that way yeah so, um outside of that like i said fine film i enjoyed it yeah i i think um the way you described it is is good and interesting uh, because it's sort of like a 
slice of life wartime film punctuated by horrible events. <laughs> so, and, and I wonder too, if it's like purposefully like, cause I'll, I'll say right off the bat, my really, my only criticism of this film is it occasionally feels like a infomercial for Switzerland's tourism department. It's like, come to Switzerland. So beautiful. Look at all these places. And, it, and it's like when they're in Switzerland, everything's so kind of peaceful and calm, which I mean, it was, so there's no fault in showing it that way, but I think that's a large part of why it feel, feels so like nothing's super happening maybe in the Switzerland scenes where everything else is so horrible in France, my initial I, thought. I, I kind of want to expand on that a little bit only because it came off, and I don't know if propaganda is the word here, but it felt very, hey, we're not doing anything with the war, so we need to make ourselves look better for something. Hmm. I, I'll i say that I would, when Zach said that, my initial thought was the serenity and the peacefulness is also used as kind of a negative juxtaposition for what's going on in the rest of Europe. Hmm. Because it's like, oh, so why should all these people suffer while we sit here and literally do nothing? Uh, I, I don't. I don't think it's meant to like make Switzerland look good. It yeah. it almost okay. I I don't think there's a negative connotation behind it per se, but it's definitely uh kind of like hey, I mean this is not really the time to sit on the fence, guys. Yeah. Yeah. This this time specifically not good. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think um I think the the film does kind of come around on it towards the end. The only part like early on when they were on the boat and there, there were the scenic shots and stuff. That's when I kind of felt that way. But I think there actually is like a character towards the end who makes kind of a comment, like you said, like, yeah, we need to be doing something. And, and, and they show that they at least, you know, try to help yeah. some and, kids. Well, I think and, it's important that they did the, the labor workers were the ones that were saying, right. That, because, because it's, it's basically saying, yeah, our government doesn't want to do anything. We would and, like to do something. So okay, and, I could see that. And there's a lot of that in this film where it's like, you know, they they don't want to send Marie Louise back. So they're like, we, we really want to keep her and we want to make sure that we're going to try to keep her for longer. But then they're forced to send her back and everybody's broken about it. But again, everybody's like, well, I guess there's nothing we can do because them's the rules. And that that continuously happens through this because, you know, he has to buck the board of directors to kind of let the laborers do the 15 minutes overtime and get the chalet and all that stuff. It like it, it's constantly like the lowest among us understand, and they're the ones who are going to affect the change. Yeah. You know, and, and again, at the end, when the teacher is talking about sending the kids back to France, he's like, yeah, they're going back to hell, but they're the ones who are going to eventually rebuild this, not just cities, mind you but they're going to be rebuilding society. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm. Uh, anyway, my initial thoughts is I love this fucking film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of an unsung masterpiece that we should be teaching along with so many other films that, uh, that we hear about far too often. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it's a great um, step away and different perspective of the time where mm. 
especially in film, we're seeing a lot of propaganda films. We're seeing a lot of war films where it's like, you know, either, you know, come join us or come see what mayhem is being wrought or that kind of stuff where, you know, won't somebody think of the children is definitely being kind of broadcast here really well. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the point that Paul made is a really good one where it does let me take a step aside from thinking this is some sort of like Swiss, you know, Hey, we're, we're, we're look at us. We're great. We're doing, we're, we're doing what we can to that. You know, maybe we should do more. I, th- I think that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It is my hope that that is what the director was trying to do or the, the, the writers was, uh, kind of show that, that's um, how I felt about it. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things, uh, I want to talk about is, um, and this sucks because I am terrible at remembering character names. So I rely on IMDB. IMDB has just fucking nothing on who any of these people are. I've got the, the Wikipedia right in front of me because these are mostly just Swiss actors for the most part. And I I haven't seen in anything else. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. But, uh, I'm hoping that the kid Andre, was that the kid? Oh yeah. Yeah. Bernard Amon. Yeah, uh, was the greatest part of this entire film. Oh, yeah. Him. <laughs> when he's getting on the train, and he's like, sorry, I broke your heating. <laughs> it's like, you know that valve was always missing on your bike? Yeah, it's me. I did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I liked yeah, the chick. Took- she was hot. <laughs> <laughs> he was so smarmy, but so good. I mean, I, I don't want to ruin it for you, Jonathan, but he, he reminded me of a little Jason Schwartzman. Like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was awesome uh, yeah but i mean i i thought everybody was great in this film uh the girl who played uh mary louise i thought she was phenomenal yeah um I, yeah, I, yeah it is a really good movie it really is i i was invested in this movie from the beginning like the way they they introduce her the way they mm-hmm. immediately set up tragedy for her and I thought everything was, everything just yeah. went along so well. And like when, when she learns her house has been bombed and her brother died, I was sobbing. Yeah. Like absolutely sobbing. Yeah. And, and the fact that she is having to piece together through the German that he's speaking, but she picks up enough to realize something's really bad. And that made it even worse than just like hearing it immediately. Like she had to sit with it with suffer for a few extra moments to, wonder if that's what he said Mm -hmm. um yeah um i know we're you know doing screenplay but i just have to shout out real quick the cinematography is so good this movie is gorgeous absolutely crisp and meal berna yeah um i don't know uh if it's because we've been watching pretty much american film so far but you know you get the european eye and aside from um Citizen Kane, I think this is the most beautiful film we've watched so far. I I, I can get behind agree. that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I and I'll say I, I think the screenplay is really well paced. I think they set up things so well. Mm-hmm. Um I was devastated at the uh the rug pull when she's looking at the house and she's so excited about her house and then they they cut in with the uh the broadcast that tells you that the, the house has been bombed and they cut to the house. Yeah. Just the little brother's hat is on the ground. Oh my God. Whoever wrote that was such a fucking massacre. I yeah. absolutely love it when they kill a kid. 
Yeah. Breaks your I, heart, but you got it. You, you just yeah. don't see it enough. And not to go super dark here, but you know, I know it's an original screenplay, but it's, it really feels like based on a true story type thing and adapted. Yeah, um, absolutely. But you know, there's yeah. probably a, a hundred thousand, hundred to a thousand stories just like this that were happening mm-hmm. in real life. I mean, yeah. Hey, yeah. Kids getting displaced all over Europe, like mm-hmm. things like, you know, the, the lion, the witch and the wardrobe exist because British kids are having to flee the cities and move out to the country where the bombing's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's the whole fucking point of Paddington too. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had one qualm throughout the entire film though. Mm-hmm. Just one tiny little thing that I thought about for maybe 10 minutes longer than I absolutely should have. What happened to the soup bucket? She was holding on to it for the first couple frames where she had the soup bucket and was running. And then the soup bucket left. Drop it. Maybe I, I just I, I would have liked to have seen shot it. it out of her hand. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. All right, guys. Well, any uh, danger. Yeah. Any additional notes on Mary Louise? It's uh, it, I was just gonna say, like, because there's not much information, it's hard to um understand why there's not more. Uh, because, like Paul said, it is really a a terrific unsung film that. If not for his uh his uh, skills with that we wouldn't have been able to see. Um yeah. so yeah. Uh I'll say that I, I have to refute completely the the idea that nothing happens in this film. So much happens in this film. And and I get that. And I right. it, it just I, I just feel like it, it could be summarized really quickly. And that's that's fine. If you could summarize it really quickly, good log line. It's a real simple film, but so much happens in this film because I mean, we start, we start with who's that? Her father, her grandfather dying. Yeah, you know, we we move two years later in the war, and then she gets she gets selected for this like abroad program while her brother doesn't, which ultimately like leads to his death, meaning that she's she's gonna most likely have survivor's guilt from that because why did she get picked and he didn't? Right. The uh, the fact that you know, she goes to get picked and the people who are supposed to be picking her have measles and can't pick her up. So she just happenstantially ends up with this, like the guy who essentially runs this town. <laughs> right. You know, there's, there's so much going on in this film. Sure. And, and there's so much character development, um, and just humanity really through. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think, I think simplicity and plot, like it isn't always, the most important, but it it helps the film a lot when you can streamline something down into its basic essence. I think you could do sure. the same with Citizen Kane, but so much happens in Citizen Kane as well. Yeah, hmm, that's fair. But then again, you know, everything everywhere all at once is one of my favorite films now, and I don't think I can. I, I think I can maybe try to summarize that in a couple of sentences, and I don't think I'll do a very good job. <laughs> uh, you could do it with one. Just yeah, everything bagel, everything bagel. Hail Bagel. Hail Bagel. All right, guys. You guys ready for some worsty judgments? Uh, before we cut into those worsty judgments, I'll just say uh, we can't play National Film Registry this week because this is a foreign film, so it is not eligible. You would like a reminder of some films from, I guess we'll call this 1945 since we talked about 
44 last week. Yeah. This is a this is a film from 44, so if it was eligible, it would have got in for 44. Uh, but some films from 1945 that do make it in, of course, is Best Picture winner Lost Weekend, Mildred Pierce, Story oh, yeah. of G.I. Joe, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and uh, and Detour. All Make right. them away, toys. <laughs> Sorry, my brain turned off. There. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nobody uh, got that Simpsons reference. No. <laughs> it's the, it. the one where the Simpsons have to go on the run and become the Thompsons. Oh, the Thompsons. Yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah. and at the end of it, the uh, the police are arresting Sancho Bob and Bart goes, take them away, boys. And she goes like, no, that's that's my line. I'll take this. Make them away, toys. <laughs> well done. All right. Well, Zach. Yeah. Question for you. Does this movie deserve best original screenplay? No. My turn to be the casual. I have not seen the others. So I don't know. But I'm going to say yeah, because it rules. There we go. Make it pretty simple as well. <laughs> I did the same thing. I haven't seen the other ones. Although I kind of want to see Salty O'Rourke just for the name. Salty. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, uh, I think it absolutely deserves it. Paul. All right. So here we go. From bottom to top, I also did not watch any of the rest of these movies. Except for half of Dillinger. I just didn't get a finish. And that is one of the most uh, (laughs) Hayes Code movies I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) where John Dillinger has no shading as a human being. They're just like, hey, look, Dillinger, he likes robbing robbing people. He's just evil. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I want to finish it just so I can see how much more evil he gets up to and how they handle him getting shot outside of a movie theater. But uh, (laughs) we'll see. Uh, Yeah, that shit made me laugh. That felt silly as hell. And I was enjoying it. Nice. So, based on the half of Dillinger that I watched, uh, and the fact that I think this movie is incredible, I'm going to say yes. Um, I I do want to get back and see these movies at some point. I've just been busy and have been watching a lot of bunked, bumped, bunked, bunked. B-U-N-K, bunked. B-U-N-K okay. apostrophe D bunked oh. is a Disney Channel original show. And of they course, put the, yes. They put the sixth season on Netflix. Not that I want to be promoting Netflix right now, uh, but my boys are very excited about it because me and them have watched every episode of Bunked, and I love Bunked. <laughs> I think I you just you like saying, saying bunked. bunked. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to say, and it's a lot of fun to watch, and it is fun and silly, and uh, you know, again. I don't mean to be promoting things. I'm just trying to explain to you. I haven't watched anything because I've watched nothing but Is It Cake 2 and Bunked. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Excuse me. All right. Well, Zach, is this the worst best original screenplay? It is clearly not. It's fine. I'm just looking back at my uh, Critiker score. There are a total of four ratings on Critiker for this film. A letterbox, it doesn't look like it even generates an average score. Um, for the film, which is pretty crazy, but maybe once I get my score logged in there, it'll help. Uh, but no, I've actually got it at my number two right now, um, behind Citizen Kane. Um, I 
I just really enjoyed this film um, as a film going and watching experience. You know, it, it was full of emotions. Um, I initially gave it a four star. I'm, I'm kind of feeling like maybe I'll bump it up to the Zach and give it a four and a half. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, that'll keep it still at number two. Number two. All right. How about you? I agree. It's not the worst. I have it at my number three, though. I <clears throat> Foreign films usually get just, again, if we go off my replayability scoring, mm-hmm. uh, foreign films usually get bumped down a little bit just because it's kind of hard to, especially on movies that I'm re-watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's going to be my sole focus, it's going to be hard to re-watch it. Uh, but it was good enough to stay up there. I just enjoyed the great McGinty a little bit more. Yeah, as a film. Number two. Yeah. So good though. <laughs> yeah. So Paul, um, I gave this movie a five. I really, really vibed with this film. And mm-hmm. after seeing so much wartime propaganda and watching white guys shoot, uh, at Japanese people and saying racial slurs against them. Um, yeah. This was a very welcome change because fuck Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, I just vibed with this movie. Mm-hmm. I was very happy to watch it. And I am really honestly struggling on whether or not I should put this over Citizen Kane. <laughs> wow. I, I don't think I will. I think Kane's stronger as a screenplay. I think its dialogue is tighter. I think it's snappier. Uh, and um, I, I think Wells was a very focused individual when he made that film. Mm-hmm. I, I think this film can feel kind of loose at times and maybe be a little melodramatic, which is something I do enjoy. But um, I love this film enough to say that I think it's in contention with Citizen Kane. I'm going to leave it at number two, but I just want everyone to know that that's where I'm coming from. Gotcha. All right. Got that right at the end. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think that is where we are going to call it here tonight. My name is Jonathan Pierth. You can find me. Did I say Pierth? That's what you said. I totally did. My name is Jonathan Pierce. Almost said Jonathan. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, TikToks, and at the letterbox at Altern underscore Occam. I did not catch any films this week, but I did watch and binge a crap load of the bear. Oh, that's been way too long. Yeah. Not watching that. That. How far are you? Uh, season two episode. I don't, I'll tell you where I'm at. I just watched the fucking Christmas episode. Ooh, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> you oh said Jamie God. Lee Curtis earlier and I was like, I get on that. Holy shit. That episode. John that- Bernthal is unbelievable in that episode you know who i loved who i did not think i would fucking john mulaney john mulaney is is so like has more shading in that episode than i've ever seen john mulaney have right anything Mm. and he is such a good storyteller (laughs) like yeah so that's been a thing i've been doing lately i'm gonna finish that up i've also been watching the shield again for some strange reason (laughs) the shield Shield. oh yeah yeah, I was talk about rewatching The West Wing today. So there you go. I get Dude, you. that's something I I've been watching. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
Remember back but, when they had Mike and Bob I, on 96X, they used to talk about The Shield all the time. It's so good. <laughs> it's 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 such an incredible show. Um, but I'll I'll say about Jamie Lee Curtis in that episode, if if she doesn't get put up for Emmy consideration next year mm-hmm. for that performance, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the maddest. And hit me up when you finish that season because some shit goes down in the last oh, episode that Christ. I was not so, ready for <laughs> my wife was uh, she saw me while I was on like I just started episode two she's like oh is this episode one I'm like no two and she goes oh okay <laughs> like oh was this supposed to be one of those shows for us to watch together she's like I was thinking about it and then she started hearing me in the background I went back to her after like a few episodes like listen it's a really good show it's so funny fucking tense at all moments like it is chaotic and it is just it's so busy i don't know if you're gonna like it because it's just it it's it stresses you out it is it is a stressful show but it's It's so good it's so good and and we really jumped on it because the episodes are only like 30 to 40 minutes a piece Mm -hmm. except for that christmas episode which is like an hour yeah but but yeah all right. Well, Zach, where can we find you? You can find me doing my Jonathan's over at Critiker. Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterbox, by searching my name, Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Father of the Fear on Twitter and Letterboxd, where I am keeping a running tally of all the films I watched, and you don't know, go over there. I'm not going to cover anything, because uh, currently... I'm not trying to promote upcoming releases uh, because of the WGA and SAG strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, though we are not an influencer and we do not uh, make money from this, I am, am standing firmly on I'm not going to do the heavy lifting for, for film companies until they get their shit together and start paying people what they deserve. Right. Did you see Ron Perlman's Twitter video? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Holy yes. Ron Perlman fuck. is going to burn your fucking house down, and <laughs> you should be scared, person that he is talking to. <laughs> Zach, if you haven't seen it, I haven't. Look it up. Like it's hardcore. No, like Ron Perlman said, basically, we will come burn your house down. He, he was not Ron even Perl- remotely hiding it. <laughs> Ron Perlman is like to whoever the person is. That said, I hope I we're going to hold out till people start losing their houses. There's more than one way to lose your house. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Ron Perlman doesn't take me as a guy who makes empty threats. No. Mm-mm. I, I, I have a feeling one day we're going to find the people at the bottom of a lake that are his fault. And <laughs> I'm going to agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but uh, with that, uh, we're, we're also doing the same thing at, uh, at shark dress men on TikTok, where just happy and I are covering all sorts of shark related content. We're just going to shift away from covering movies for now. Um, I want to get back to it cause I love watching movies, but we're, we're going to start planning some things here in the future. Uh, Joe's taking a trip to New York and when he gets back, we might have some things in the hopper. All right. Tell him to try some Sabaros while he's there. Got to get a real New York slice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Leanne didn't even hear what you said, and I said the real New York slice thing, and she just went, Sabaro. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Totally authentic. Uh, wonderful. Uh, that's why I married her. Because she loves Sabaro. <laughs> Come uh, redacted. I will stop being a terrible person sometime before I die. Hopefully I will be dying soon. No! Aww. Not allowed. Sorry. I just want to be a good person. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the goodest. You're a good boy. Good boy. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hope I get treats. <laughs> oh, with all that, Zach, what are we watching next week? <laughs> if I get divorced six times, I guess this would be the, the seventh veil. At the next wedding. Not a very good joke. I didn't think that out. But The Seventh Veil, it's on HBO Max. Seven, so. seven divorces for one, Zach. Yeah. Bless your beautiful heart. All right. Well, with that, we would like to thank our producer, Trav, uh, from our sister podcast, Leveling Up from Benjamin Banks. Her being on the ones and zeros. Thanks, Trav. Yeah. I like you, Trav. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Chad Ramsey for a most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and J. Bellevue for a beautiful artwork. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar Pod and on Facebook the Oscar Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because Stitcher is going away. Oh, Maybe no. gone by the time this episode comes out. That is my podcast catcher of choice like the way they let me edit the playlists yeah r.i.p stitcher shit those five (laughs) probably but those five star reviews on apple Podcasts and spotify really help us to be seen in the the almighty algorithm almighty go fuck yourself apple yeah yeah a lot of people need to go fuck themselves but uh yeah, Ron Perlman is going to tell you the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, save the children. Save the children. You know, it's things like this that make me realize that war is really the stupidest and most useless thing that happens in our society. Uh huh. We always seem to have plenty of money for it in this country. Not enough to feed anybody. I saw a tweet about the defense budget again. Could have, you know, fed every child half over for how many years? Yeah, pretty much. Great. Homeless, homelessness will be eradicated. No. <sighs> Bombs. Yeah. So, for Jonathan and Zang, we'd like for you all to have a damn fine day.